Welcome everyone to another Poolside with Pokestarter episode where we come together to share knowledge and experience from some of the most exciting Web3 projects in the space in a very informal and conversational way. Um, I maybe have said this a lot in the past, uh, but take take my word for it this time. <laughs> this is easily one of the... Um, I, don't, I don't want to put too much pressure on you in case you know, you're having a bad day or, or you're not in the mood, but um, easily one of the most uh, passionate speakers uh, in Web3 gaming. Uh, and I think you guys are going to get a show uh, when it comes to everything that these guys are working on. But I hate doing intros, so I'll let you do that in a sec, Grant. Uh, before we do that, though, Thank you, everyone, for joining. Uh, please, please, please don't forget that you can actually claim an exclusive OAT for the first 300 of you um, that do click on it. So just keep an eye out uh, on that towards the end. I know a lot of people get upset when they don't manage to click the link or they say, oh, I was there, but I never got it. So just a reminder, um, we'll put up that link uh, later towards the end of the episode. But with that being said, Mr. Grant Hasley, how's it going, man? Omar, I think you got to take me out to dinner first. All right, you, you do too much for me. You, uh, you you hype me up too aggressively. But no, I mean, thank you everyone for uh, hopping in. Definitely excited for today's conversation. You know, I've I've known Omar for a while now in this space, and what you guys are doing at Pokestarter is truly forward thinking. Uh, you know, from sponsoring our first tournament to just providing nonstop coverage of the top Web three games, helping some of them launch. Uh, I mean, you guys are absolutely ridiculous. And that's really what we want to see uh, in a partner is you guys just don't stop. Uh, as for Undead Blocks, really what, you know, we launched Undead Blocks almost a year and a half ago. It really was a proof of concept uh, in terms of, you know, okay, we want to build this FPS game. We know Call of Duty Zombies is dying. Let's take over the franchise. And what it's morphed into is just a vendetta against the traditional web 2 gaming model uh it really is a vendetta against these organizations that have not been providing value for their gamers and just allowing a community to flourish and grow over the last three months we've had over eleven thousand participants unique participants in our free to play and earn tournaments and this is just you know it's growing at an exponential rate and i think you know we don't get there without pokestarter you know doing our first tournament and i think from our perspective it's just a matter of de developing more maps more game modes more weapons more ways for you guys to have fun hang out with each other and that's really what web3 gaming should be about having a fun gameplay loop a unique experience you know us taking the mario kart cross with call of duty zombies vibe moving away from traditional call of duty zombies creating a new game i think you guys are really going to be excited of what we have coming out uh in the next couple months we we've got a lot on the move and definitely happy to answer any questions any of your community members might have but again appreciate you guys having me up here and uh thanks for hanging See, you say I do too much, but then you start off by saying thank you and you're doing all these great things. So I think you're the one that does too much. Let me take a step back and tell me a bit more about who you are. So let's start with Grants himself before we get into that. <laughs> I am a nobody. All right. I I am coming to, you know, Web3 gaming from traditional high finance. I was at Goldman Sachs for about three years. I was I shifted around a couple other banks. I was an FP&A director. And then what I realized was... You know, I'm just sick and tired of making rich people richer. Like I could sit in my corner office all day and just continue, you know, clicking a mouse on a computer screen instead of talking to people like yourself or, you know, the 25,000 people that are in our Discord every day hanging out. And what I realized is, you know, doing Undead Blocks for the last year and a half, I've had more fun than, you know, working in the last eight years in finance. Like this means everything to me. And what's really cool about myself and the other admins is like we're not coming from Web2 Gaming Studios. Like we are all coming from Fortune 100 level companies that see a huge opportunity for success here in Web3 Gaming. We're all DGen gamers. And that's honestly why we're winning is because we're being run by not people that worked at a game studio, but actual gamers themselves who are kind of fed up with those Web2 Game Studios. So it, it really gives us a unique advantage. We have a wonderful team. Uh, that I couldn't do anything without. You know, we have 30 employees now at Wagyu. We're still hiring. Uh, and you're going to see a lot coming, whether it's just through Undead Blocks or subsequent titles. But I, I went to school for math. I, I went to University of Buffalo. I majored in mathematics and data science. And I think that's where we can win also, just having the analytical capability to really 
digest what our community community members want, kind of quantify it, and then give it to you. Like it's there's no reason for these games to just get stubborn and and not listen to their community. We have such a unique opportunity in Web three gaming. You guys can't go talk to the CEO of Activision, the CEO of Treyarch, the CEO of Riot Games, and give them your feedback. You guys can talk to me all day long. I'm always watching, I'm observing, I'm seeing what people are saying. And that's how we're doing what we're doing. The blood box concept. You know, we teased, we're going to have power-ups and power-downs in our game. What do you guys want to see? We have over 400 responses on that tweet of cool power-ups that even we didn't think of. My job is so easy. Like, I just take your guys the best ideas that you guys submit, put them into our game, work with developers. Like, it really is a blast. It's just, how do we continue to bring in users? So many of these NFT projects or Web3 games that have tokens are thinking about how do you pump and manipulate a token price? We look at this as, how do we get to a million players as fast as we can? I think we're in the lead and it's just a matter of reaching those web 2 communities and showing them that this isn't so scary you can play a game for fun and actually own your assets beautiful as always let me start maybe um as well venturing into blocks for anyone that you know is living under a rock and hasn't heard about the stuff that you guys have been doing for the past couple of weeks like what is on the explain it to me as if i've, I've never heard of your game um so undead blocks i have to explain this to mustafa like once a week at poker starter because you know i think he's <laughs> five years old so uh we are a play to earn kill to earn whatever you want to call it fps zombie survival game you're going to be able to hang out with your friends kill zombies earn crypto and so uh we're going to be able to generate revenue through our loot coffin model uh, other cosmetics and we're going to be giving our weapon nft holders a share of that revenue as a form of healthy capitalism but the gameplay loop is very similar to like a Call of Duty Zombies, where it's like a FPS tower defense game. You're going to have to survive as long as you can. But we also are adding our own twist with blood boxes, with power-ups, power-downs. If you've played Mario Kart, you can hit somebody with a shell, or you can power yourself up with a star. In Undead Blocks, you're going to be able to use similar power-ups to give yourself an advantage. In that way, it comes more PvP than PvE. But we're also going to have speedrunning competitions. We're doing a tournament this weekend for our weapon NFT holders. Kill as many zombies as you can in 10 minutes. It's a variation of gun game. And it's just about making more of those fun game modes. Eventually pivoting towards a sequel where you know you guys can shoot each other and maybe you get uh, uh, hit by the zombies as well but if you've ever played Call of Duty Zombies Back for Blood, Left for Dead uh, Resident Evil it's a very similar vibe, it will be more arcade style, less serious and more okay like this is just what the, how the fuck did we end up in an apocalypse here and that's really going to give us a uni unique advantage we want this game to be accessible to all skill levels you don't have to be the world's best fps player to do very well and be successful in our game and i think that's just going to give us a lot more runway to attract these web2 gamers because you know we do have some really good players in our community former you know fortnite professionals csgo professionals one of the valorant trainers you know has been doing well in our tournaments but when our full game goes live it's going to be more about the grind and the culture and the lifestyle more so can i just hit a zombie in the head and that's really the vibe we're trying to curate you touched on something really important which was kind of the fact that web3 allows you to you know speak to the ceo of someone that's making your favorite game um or whatever but another i guess component of that is not so much uh a positive thing, but you, you know the stigma around Web3 games in the space, especially that you're building something for like a Call of Duty Zombies audience. Um, I wanted to touch on that uh, element because I know you, you talk about this a lot in your other spaces. How has it been or, or what kind of challenges have you faced just driving forward a Web3 game for a non-Web3 audience? Well, the biggest challenge is so many Web2 gamers come and say, this looks like a shitty Call of Duty Zombies. That's, that's honestly the biggest challenge. And every Web3 game is going to face that issue. You know, so many people say Alluvium looks like shitty Pokemon Stadium or Blankos looks like shitty Fall Guys. Undead Blocks looks like shitty Call of Duty Zombies. It's like, we get that. And so that's why we're kind of putting in this Mario Kart random-esque to it. So then no one can say, ah, this is just Call of Duty Zombies. It will be our own game. It will be our own game mode. And no one else in the world is going to have it for right now. Of course, people are going to try to copy it, right? How many Battle Royales are being made out there? But you know, this is where we can win. So many of these games, these other FPS games too, they're trying to compete against Fortnite and CSGO and Apex. They're going to get wrecked right now. You know, maybe five to ten years, that conversation is going to change. But, you know, we talk about asset empowerment, asset ownership, and yeah, that's great. We want that. That's what I believe in. 
But a lot of these gamers don't. They don't give a fuck. You know, $100 billion was just spent in gaming alone last year. You think they really care that they don't own their stuff? They want to have a fun experience, something that's unique. So having the ability to pivot away from Call of Duty Zombies, basically take, you know, the best of both worlds from two of the most successful franchises in the world is really going to help us. And that's why we chose Zombies in the first place. I mean, we could build a PvP shooter. We shoot at each other for fun when we're game testing. But... Call of Duty has abandoned their Zombies franchise. They're going all in on Warzone. We understand why. Life is about monetization. And what we've realized is there's a huge community of these Zombies players that don't have anything to play right now that want to. They really yearn for the old days of Keynote or Toten and uh, you know, Knock the Room Toten. All these old maps, they still play them for fun with their friends. And we're going to curate the similar experience that they're used to. It's a much easier sell to a Zombies player to say, okay, come play this new zombie game then a Fortnite player saying come play this battle royale and they don't have fun so that is really where we can win also with the multiplayer you know we have 11,000 people that played in one of our tournaments the last three weeks without multiplayer and without unlimited wave-based survival which is what everybody wants and it is coming so very good metrics so far really just trying to differentiate ourselves that's the biggest challenge even the game i mean the game development is coming along smoothly our developers are fucking geniuses but um differentiating ourselves away from a web 2 offering is really going to help us fly that was going to actually be my my next point i was going to talk to you about some of these metrics because i guess one of the main topics that we wanted to discuss is how you've managed to tackle the issue of like unsustainable uh, in-game economies, right? A lot of games chose to launch with two tokens and then that was kind of their own downfall. A lot of games chose to, you know, postpone their launch until the token was ready and that kind of made them irrelevant. You guys launched regardless and you've been doing something very, very interesting, uh, very, very different as well. So I wanted you to touch a bit more on kind of this concept of sponsored tournaments that you've been doing for the past, what is it now, six, seven, eight weeks? Yeah, we're going on week eight now. We're going to be doing a huge Halloween bash as well. Maybe I, uh, maybe we fire up the old Pokestarter skin or make a new one, like a pumpkin-style Pokestarter skin. But uh, big Halloween bash coming. And listen, this is this is where I think we take it into hyperdrive in Web3 Gaming because we are giving our community members and players that are playing for free an opportunity to earn money every single weekend. And that's just not happening in a lot of other Web2 games. You know, they they sell NFTs, they raise token, and then you wait. You wait at Star Atlas seven to nine years for a game. I mean, my God, at that point, I might have a child and they might be in second grade. Like, I, I don't think I'll have time for a, you know, a, a game at that point. I don't know. But what we want to do is give people stuff to do now. This is the time to really start forging and fostering a community and every partner we bring in they have people too it's not just brands they have people that follow them religiously because some of these web3 companies have like cult like followings and you know it started with pokestarter we did that pokestarter tournament we had 1600 participants we just did blue mint uh which is another social platform for web3 we just hit over 5,000 participants so within a span of a month and a half we've 3x just from our our free-to-play tournaments alone We got a lot of people that come in, they play the tournaments, they say, this is fun, like, I'm not really a high-end player, I cannot wait for the full game, for the full grind of the wave-based survival, because then it's less about headshots and more of, like, strategy, and so we know that's coming, but, you know, we did Immutable X, we're going to be doing Immutable X tournaments most likely monthly for the next two years, so it gives us a lot of runway here, and people know where the money's coming from, it's not like we're taking it from the treasury, selling our own token, watching it go to zero, We're injecting that outside liquidity into our ecosystem, and a lot of games don't do that. And I hope in five years, you know, it's it's called like the the Hasley approach of injecting that outside liquidity, whether it's through sponsors or weapon skins or leasing out storefronts in your maps. We can do a lot of stuff to advertise to our community without making them feel like damn like this is this is shitty advertisement people get excited for the next tournament they don't care who's sponsoring they just want to play and it's good brand value for the sponsor think about it this way if i could tell you that you could get five thousand people in this twitter space right now you'd have people paying potentially thousands of dollars for the opportunity to talk to them why not just let them play a video game and let them learn about your ecosystem give it a google a group of people that all either own crypto own an NFT, or they're at least open to the idea. That's a very, very 
popular group to market and attract right now. And it costs money to do so. And so this is just the perfect way to showcase our product, have other brands come in and showcase their branding to our community and really just grow our, our, our ecosystem economically or, or organically, I would say. I actually don't remember when we started talking to each other, but um, ever since I got into Web3 Gaming, I always asked myself, why is no one doing in-game advertising? I, I thought Eve would be the first. I think they did kind of a campaign with Fractal back, back in the day, but I think it always ended there. And then you guys, that's why I can't remember the timeline, but you guys showed up and you were like, we have a bunch of billboards. We could put some spray paint on the bus. We could have your logo here. You have lo your logo there. And, you know, it just made so much more sense. Um, for anyone listening in that hasn't really kind of quite grasped your your tournament structure, how's the next one going to run? Just just so if, if someone's listening in and they've never tried it and they want to check it out, like, do you guaranteed make money? Do you have to actually be one of the top players to make money? Like, well, what's the structure for you guys? For this tournament... By the way, I'm, I'm asking you to read the dumb... God, I'm just trying to oh, no, you go. Uh, throwing it down for everyone else. So we tried the dynamic leaderboard system where the, everyone enters gets a prize. What people hated was they didn't, every time someone entered, the prize would change, right? Like if you were in 45th, you logged on and you had like $10 in earnings and then you came back the next day, you were still in 45th and now all of a sudden you have like eight because we started getting more players. They didn't really like that. Our community seems to like more of those fixed prize pool so they know what to gun for but we try to pay out as many people as we can like we just paid out the top four thousand people for blue mint our 3500 people and we had five thousand people enter so we know that we need to generate more revenue as we get larger because we want as many people to earn as possible that's more active wallets that's more people that are engaged with the ecosystem uh this weekend for the nft holders we're doing top a thousand and we have 1800 holders so we know not all of them are going to play Last time we did an NFT tournament, we only had 600 participants. So I'm anticipating we will hit that thousand person number, but probably not much more than that just because of, you know, we don't have as many weapon NFTs as a lot of other games do. And that in-game advertising is just a missed opportunity for everybody else. I think we can do it because our game looks the most realistic. We're not, you know, a futuristic Halo looking shooter where you're, in, you know, everything is just in set in year 3000 like phantom galaxies you're floating around on planets like it's really hard to sponsor a planet right like imagine you're in some sort of world where there's a planet sponsored by pepsi i don't fucking know um but our game is basically set five years in the future so everybody's still a they're using crypto in our metaverse so we're pumping in the crypto voice lines and the references and b they're still living their lives they're still on earth you know they're just trying to survive the apocalypse but daily life goes on there's still radio there's still all this stuff and that gives us that opportunity to really set the stage with some of these brands eventually what you're going to see is stores like in our in our mall map where there are these web3 companies that give us money and we will put their branding all over a store you can go interact with things in the store and we need more time to put in so, some of those you know effects but I think it is just a huge opportunity to inject outside liquidity in the system. Then you're encouraged to invite people to play, right? Like if you know that, okay, if Undead Blocks can get to a million players, they're going to be generating fifty, hundred thousand dollars $100,000 a pop from a sponsor, and this is all going back to tournament play, you're much more incentivized to invite your friends versus, okay, we're doing a tournament and only 1,000 people earn – just human nature says, I'm not going to invite my friends because I just want to win more money. So that is the approach. It, it will take some tweaking, but we're making a lot of progress on, on the model. I now want to touch on two points that I, I don't think you give uh, yourself enough credit for. But number one is essentially this kind of concept of being able to immediately pay out players. Um, I don't know how many people in the audience are familiar with the esports space, but that's unheard of because, you know, if you, let's say you mentioned Fortnite, um, if you're a Fortnite pro, you've won a tournament, the hardest part is not actually winning that tournament. I say this every single time I'm on a space. The hardest part is to actually get the money out, right? The, the banks paying you um, all the documentation that you have to go through, whether it's an organization, an agency, yourself, you guys kind of really just bypass everything and it's like immediate. So I want to first touch on this and then I'll, I'll give you my, my second favorite point about on the blocks that I, I think we definitely need to shed more light on. 
what we've done is essentially we've built a tournament model that can be leveraged through any other game that wants to partner with Undead Blocks. This is part of the grand strategy, right? When we get to a million players, we will be bigger than the steam of Web3 Gaming, right? Um, we can pay out these players within minutes. We just verify the results, and then we have our technology just pays them out, and they get those gold Z-Bucks, and they can swap for anything. You're not just locked into Ethereum or BNB or USD. Eventually, Undead will be an option for cash out as well. We'll buy it OTC, and then we'll have it there. Um, and this is what other games, and like you said, these other Web2 groups could do, but they don't. I mean, they don't, one, because it's float, right? That the longer you can keep someone's money either A, they forget about it, or B, you know, you can generate uh, interest on it. It's sickening, it's gross, but that's how these Web2 companies think. It's like a gift card. Like, you know, they'll sell you gift cards all day, but when you go to try to redeem it, whoa, 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 it's, it's, it's frustrating. So we've solved an issue with the payment processing, but we've also solved the pain point of dealing with the customer service, right? Like nobody wants to have to, everyone hates winning something and then having to shake down someone to get the winning. It's like they get the dopamine from winning and now they can't collect on what they've earned and that's just such a terrible pain point so we do we have cutting edge technology i i will say we're probably the industry leader you're looking at you know a group like community gaming which has a really cool platform we do the exact same thing as community gaming does they take in the money they take in fiat from a sponsor and they pay it out quickly after a tournament ends we do the same exact thing we just have a game that is attached with it and eventually we want to add more games more partner games to our ecosystem to use our tournament tech. Let's say, I'll give you an example, like Shrapnel wanted to run a tournament. We have our gold Z-Buck structure. They give us, you know, $10,000. We run a Shrapnel tournament, then we can just pay out all their community members through our Waggy OS. Like it's something we could do. And that's where there's an opportunity for us to monetize as well. I want to just run a Web 2 business better in Web 3. We're not trying to sell you a $5,000 piece of land. We're not trying to you know, give you a profile picture or a fruit or a monkey or whatever. We just want to do things better, more efficiently. And it really starts with the, with the payout process. There you go. Beautiful as always. And my second point was, um, I think we now are starting to take it for granted. But, um, you know, four or five months ago, it was, it was unheard of. The fact that you don't need to do much to start playing on the blocks the fact that you guys have lowered the barrier to entry um that now it genuinely feels like any other traditional web 2 game um how has that process been like why did you decide to do it it seems obvious to you know some people it doesn't seem obvious to most um i want to really touch on that because you know if, if you remember it hasn't been that long right if you remember a couple of months ago you had to buy a bunch of nfts sometimes you you know you drop 500 bucks one thousand dollars um to even get in and try the game for the very first time if you're disappointed you had to sell everything now it's a completely different ball game so uh what's the under blocks approach been like well even my pet hooligan right like you have to have a hooligan or a partner well, thankfully we're one of the my pet hooligan partners where you can use an undead blocks hooli in the game and i mean i get it like it's some certain aspects in certain stages it makes sense to keep it gated if you know that your game has bugs and fixes i don't think you want everyone to play it because then everyone's going to bombard your bug reports with the same issues so it makes sense sometimes to keep things gated. Now, these games where you have to have an NFT to play and it's fully live, I mean, they're going to die in 6 to 12 months. That's just a fact. Um, I think that it makes sense to have no barrier to entry, one, because you're bringing in a lot of people. If we genuinely want to talk about mass adoption, right, and you go to, I don't know, the store, like let's say you're going to Walmart, and you ask 100 people, like, do you know what an NFT is? Probably like 10 are going to tell you, yeah, I know what that is. Do you own one? Of those 10, probably one do. One to 2% of people around the world, I would say, have even been exposed to or considered buying an NFT. So we can't keep these games behind an NFT gate because a lot of people still haven't had that aha moment in their life where they make a transaction on crypto for the first time. You know, it's... I remember the first time I moved crypto, I was scared. I was like, where the fuck did my money go? Like, I remember the first time minting an NFT. I'm like, where is it? Is it in my wallet? Like, you know, it's, we need to have that exact aha moment with millions and hundreds of millions of people. And so you have to bring them in your ecosystem with no barrier to entry, get them hooked on your game, say, this game's a lot of fun to play. I can even earn without an NFT. That's just taking it in a hyperdrive. 
And then if you want to have more exclusive access or gated content, they talk to other community members and they say, how do I go buy one of these things? And that's where the word of mouth marketing comes in, Omar. We can't do a Facebook advertisement, a Twitter advertisement, a YouTube advertisement and say free to play and earn tournament this weekend, no NFT required. All those people that look at the ad are going to say, wow, this is a scam. <laughs> like, okay, like what's the catch here? It's, we need word of mouth. We need these gaming influencers to come in and that's where we're targeting some of these larger zombie streamers to bring their communities in and say this is just a fun zombies game to play you can do those actions with the loot coffins with the loot boxes with the nfts eventually they're just going to be called digital collectibles we will move away from the word nft at some point in this industry we're not there yet but we will and that's where i think you're going to really start things uh, uh flying hopefully man um I don't, I don't, I don't want to take you there yet because I feel like uh, you might still want to hold back. But let me, let me uh, make my way through. Anywhere, <laughs> Omar. I am your, I am your servant for the next half an hour. <laughs> I don't know how much more you want to talk about uh, what's coming next, but I'll get to that in a second. Uh, my next question was specifically about kind of the quality of the game, right? So again, similarly, a couple of months ago, most games, most Web three games were mobile based. You guys decided to go for you know a PC based game with a launcher and all of that stuff. Um, is that the plan for Underblocks, you know, for the rest of your lifetime playing Underblocks? Is there something else down the line? Are you planning mobile soon? What does that look like for you? Because I know a lot of people in our community, um, you know, are super keen to play the game, but maybe don't necessarily have a PC. And we figured out ways to kind of, you know, give them an allowance to play in internet cafes and things like that. But I'm wondering if that's come across your radar. Mobile is the huge priority. We will be the first FPS to do mobile in Web3. That's just a fact. Nobody else is thinking about it. No one's even giving it a chance. We don't. We never wanted to go web browser. You know, you play EV, and they tell you that they have a million daily active players. How many of them are bots? I'd say ninety-five percent. Like, I, I think the eventually there will be a steam of Web three games, and you see a lot of competition right now. You see Blue Mint, Ultra Flame, Elixir, and we want to be on all of them. We want our game everywhere. But we want to do PC and Mac, but have mobile as well. Now that we have this franchise built, you know, we can release a mobile game that looks just like Undead Blocks, call it Undead Mobile, have the same exact mechanisms, and then just open it up to the world. Because you're right, there are tens of thousands of people that have been exposed to this brand and this game, and they say, wow, this looks really cool. I just don't have a high-end PC to play. We get that. So optimization, one, is the first priority. And then two, it's porting over to mobile. This is where I think pretty much every FPS game gets it wrong, is they're all building an Unreal Engine. And don't get me wrong, the Unreal Engine looks unreal, but it's also unrealistic to try to even consider porting a game over from Unreal to mobile. Like We've, we've pretty much consulted every porting house in the world on like, okay, which engine should we do if we want to port over? And it was just, you got to do Unity or we can't work with you. <laughs> like That is, I get it, they want to build these awesome PC and Mac games, but we have to be realistic. Not everyone in the world has a TI-3090 or $2,000 to set up a PC to play a crypto game. We have to move mobile, but we wanted to establish the franchise with PC and Mac first and have an offering. So now there's no barrier to entry to play. There's no barrier to entry of skill level, and there's no barrier to entry on device. When you hit all three of those, you're going to hit a home run, and that's exactly what we're doing. And that's a perfect segue for my next question, which was what's coming up next? So you just you know, confirmed that mobile is in your plans. But what does the rest of the ecosystem look like? Because I think a lot of people maybe slightly get confused by the whole Wagyu on the block situation. Like, what is Wagyu to you? What are you to Wagyu? What's the plan? You mentioned, um, you know, using kind of the, the IP and building on the mobile. You mentioned the ability to kind of have your token across different games. So I want to really touch on that a bit. Really, Wagyu is the game studio developing Undead Blocks. So the reason why we're going to rebrand the token from Undead to Wagyu is because we get dozens of messages a week. Hey, I want to buy Undead token. Do I get access to your other games? And the answer should be yes. <laughs> like If you're investing in our ecosystem, you should get access to all of our games. So we are rebranding Undead to Wagyu. It's, I don't know. We don't have a timeline, time frame. We're really focusing on game development first. It will happen before the full game goes live. So not financial advice. Do your own research. We want to take the Gala Games approach where you have one token and they use that token for all of their games. But uh, there will be a sequel to Undead Blocks. Uh, title TBD. Um, if you've looked at one of our investor decks, you guys know what the title is. But um, it's we want to do a 6v6 
you know, tactical operation game where it's, you know, like search and destroy headquarters, team deathmatch, but also potentially incorporate the zombies as well, where you're shooting against each other, but you could also die by zombie. And I think that would be really cool. Um, it's going to be set in the past. So undead blocks is the future. Uh, you can just say, call it block ops for now. Block ops will be, uh, and we can never use this name. Pisses me off so much because it's like they don't want us poking the bear and getting a lot. But uh, that will be set in the past. And we're going to sunset all of our maps. We're going to make them clean. And it's going to be right at like the start of the horde where things are kind of taking off and there's a war going on. So we are going to be building more games as well. Not just the sequel. We want to build out more of these shooters. Our developers are very good at making shooter games. But having these experiences be on PC, Mac, and mobile, and also with more random earning mechanisms. This is something I want to touch on. Um, because if you're just curtailing a game to people that have the most, the highest FPS skill or you know the best computer, I mean, that's, that's just pay to win. Like, we don't want that to happen. We want people to come in and have almost an equal skill level. And if you have really good skill at FPS, you give yourself an advantage, but you don't always win. That's with the blood boxes. You guys are going to see those in the next month or so. You're going to see the multiplayer beta that we're launching. Uh, and you're also going to see that unlimited wave-based survival where we're going to start having a world record, and then we're going to really start pumping in a lot of that content creation around that. You mentioned it yourself. I mean, you, you shot yourself in the foot. Uh, I'll ask you this in every single space we both share. When's multiplayer coming? Expect the early October. Expect before Halloween where we're going to have a beta version of multiplayer. You guys are going to be able to hang out shoot each other. It's not going to be live earning, but um, there will be a multiplayer game mode in the game where you're going to be able to ready up. Uh, we're still working with our server provider as well. It might have to be you know, west and east. I, we're still hammering out the details, but we have been testing some stuff. People have been playing around with all of our characters. All the voice lines are in. The character animations are in. It's all done. We're just really focusing on the optimization of the... Because right now... There was some input lag that we've now fixed. We found the issue. So input lag will be completely gone uh, for this next tournament this weekend. Really, uh, once it's optimized, it's much easier to do multiplayer. But we, we did have a little bit of lag. And, and that's just stuff that comes with game development, right? A lot of these game studios are very vague when they tell you what they're working on. I mean, I'm pretty transparent about it. It's getting rid of the input lag, putting in the optimization of multiplayer. So expect before my birthday, which also is on Halloween, uh, to have a multiplayer beta version available. I mean, is that intentional? Or... <laughs> that sounds, I that mean, sounds it like very well a... might have been intentional. We're doing a huge tournament also uh, Halloween weekend, so we want people to hang around in the multiplayer beta but also participate in our tournament uh, where some of our partners are going to be sponsoring the pool. And we don't know. It might be a week long. It might be three days long. I'm still working with our partners on that. But um, expect there to... And we're also working for the Immutable X integration. You know, there, there might be an opportunity to acquire some loot coffins uh, around Halloween as we launch that tournament. So stay tuned for that as well, because that's really what pushed us back was, you know, we've rerouted a lot of dev resources to the integration, actually having the ability to produce those loot coffins. But also, if you guys want to move your weapons to a mute, an immutable wallet and then transfer them gasless, uh, you'll be able to do so as well in the next month or so. Actually, I don't think we spoke about the immutable partnership at all. So maybe let's let's uh, focus on that for just a tiny bit. So in terms of kind of the current collaboration and what you guys have planned, obviously the you know, the tournaments and kind of I think you mentioned like uh, what is it for two years you'll have probably immutable X uh, tournaments every single month. Beyond I guess what people see, which is oh it's an immutable sponsored tournament. Like how's the integration been so far, and why did you decide to work with the IMX guys? Well, we pretty much spoke to every L two out there. We spoke to, you know, the big giant in the room. We spoke to Polygon. We spoke to Midas. We spoke to Avalanche. We, they're not an L2, but they're like a bridge to L1. Um, we spoke to Wax. We spoke to all these guys. Um, Loop Ring. And I'll be completely honest. It was the personal relationships that I built with IMX that really put it over the top. Where, I mean, they go all out for us. Like, they are just a technology provider, but... They've provided us a lot of resources, whether it's those sponsored tournaments that don't hit our treasury that will be happening at, for the next two years. Um, just the, they're very well connected with esports. They just announced last week that they're partnering with Optic and a bunch of other esports teams. They're all going to be playing Undead Blocks very soon. Um, 
the GameStop NFT marketplace was huge for us. GameStop obviously is a massive community, a massive FPS community. And having them push for us being on that marketplace is really going to help us in the future. They have Rarible as well, which is another NFT marketplace. Um, and I think that overall, with like we spoke with Polygon, right? And it kind of felt like a number. It's like, okay, fill out this form. You'll get an AMA. You can use our tech. Have a good day. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, you know, I, I want people to work with us that believe in the game, believe in the vision. That's what, you know, when I spoke with Robbie Ferguson, it's, you know, they really want shooters, right? Shooters is more content, you know, first market mover on Twitch. They've been bringing in a lot of shooters, bringing in a lot of high level talent. But the more games they bring in, the more IP we can also use. Like I was just on Aluva Talks yesterday with Andrew Wall from the Alluvium Group. And, you know, we're planning on doing something with them as well. It's just the more IP I can intermingle with the game, it becomes less about killing zombies and more just hanging out and looking and interacting with brands that you're very familiar with. Fortnite does this very well. Fortnite is a shooter, but you can play as Gohan. You can play as Gustavo Fring. You can play as Patrick Mahomes. He plays any of these people, and so it allows people to take on another identity. I truly believe the true metaverse right now is Fortnite, and we want to copy that exact same vibe inside of our game. That's a powerful statement there. I, I do agree. You know, A lot of people try to run away from Web2 games and what Fortnite has done. I still think it's probably the most sustainable business model, um, just the fact that they could bring in. It's so random sometimes, but it's also really... Um, interesting to see like one day it's star wars the next it's dragon ball z the next it's patrick mahomes it's it's never ending and you can tell that, that that's just like a a ton of money a treasury that will never run out and essentially so many more opportunities to monetize and advertise because um, omar anytime a new ip pops off they're gonna go to fortnite now look at a breaking bad right like breaking bad getting into fortnite i don't know if that's not public information yet but um Look at how many people still watch that show and are like avid, you know, Better Call Saul just ended. Millions of people that probably have never played Fortnite, they're going to want to go play as their favorite characters in that game. It is Smash Brothers on fucking steroids, what they've done with all these different IPs. And yeah, they give them a hefty cut of the revenue, but it's free, re it's free money for them. Like they can print these V-Bucks like nothing, like absolutely nothing. And we want to take that exact same approach where eventually Omar from Pokestarter is going to be so huge, you're going to, people are going to play as you in our game. And you're going to come to us and say, hey, make me a character in your game. And say, all right, you know, we'll, here's the dev resources. We'll give you X amount of split. Okay, boom, done. And it's just a moneymaker. Like it's, that's how you drive revenue. So many of these Web3 NFT projects, they just don't have a way to drive revenue after the mint. Like, what are you going to do with a doodle right now? Like, yeah, they raised all that money, but like, until doodles are physically put in other games, like, or doodle makes doodles makes their own game. What are you going to do with a doodle? I don't know. I don't have the answer for that. So, yeah, I think gaming is exactly the NFT technology, what it's meant for. We can mint millions, if not billions, of these character, weapon, and animation skins uh, and just give them to our community. Two more questions, and I'll let you, uh, I'll let you be free uh, for the rest of the day. But uh, my next one was actually because you brought up mints. Um, I don't know if enough people know kind of the situation that you guys have at the moment with obviously you have the upcoming nft holder only tournament so people are going to start asking questions and, and start looking around for your nfts and where can i buy them etc cetera, etc cetera. but for you know the the larger share of your community which has been very familiar uh with the free-to-play tournaments meaning they've never had to necessarily buy your nft why buy an under blocks nft what's in it for me if i buy it what's the point of buying one um and what's been your approach so far because you guys didn't go the typical route of like ten thousand nfts fifteen thousand nfts um it's a much 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 smaller pool um so i wanted to kind of get your logic on that as well well we want it to be a much smaller pool so we can guarantee daily earning we can't guarantee daily earning for 50 100 250,000 players if, if everyone made a dollar, it's 250000 a day. We can't do that. So we have to keep it smaller for the, uh, the daily NFT earners. But we want people to play free-to-play, where they can earn cosmetics in free-to-play that they can sell for tangible value to people that really love the game. I mean, most mobile games, 5% of the people contribute the economy for the 95% that play for free. We want to have that exact same vibe in our game, where if you really love playing Undead Blocks and you're an absolute fanatic, yeah, go buy your stuff. Go buy your cosmetics. We want that. We want people to drive revenue. And then our weapon NFT holders really act as a sort of de facto shareholder for the company where 
their daily payouts, what they're able to earn through our NFT only mode is proportionate to the amount of revenue we're driving through our free to play. That's why we need to get to a million free to play players as fast as we can. They're all opening loot coffins. They're all going for rare skins. Um, one idea we've really touted that I love is voice line NFTs. You pull a super rare voice line NFT you, that gr grants you like a two minute recording session with our developers and you can have your own voice in the game. Like stuff like that is really going to differentiate us. And I think a lot of casual gamers want that. Like if you're a gamer, you're playing Fortnite all day. Yeah. You like playing as Gohan, but why not play as yourself and hear yourself talk? Like that is something we can do very cheaply very high margin event and that dangle that as carrots in some of our loot coffins. I think that is, um, I mean, there's, even if we did an auction for a voice line, and if, like if you want to be, if you've ever wanted to be a character in a video game, hear yourself, why don't we do an auction? I don't know how much it'll sell for. Maybe it'll sell for nothing. Maybe Mustafa will use two weeks of his paycheck to try to bid, to try to be an undead blocks. I have no idea. Some of these influencers, right? You're looking at Bryson, you're looking at crypto stash, you're looking at Kagi, all these guys that play all these crypto games. Why not be in the game? So that's where I think we can really win. But we want those weapon NFTs to maintain their value. We're capping it at 6,000 because we can guarantee daily earning for 6,000 people. We can't for 500,000. And then when we launch subsequent shooters, uh, we might open up NFTs for those games as well, where they act as a sort of de facto shareholder for the, the revenue that's generated from our free to play. I mean, makes sense. The thing, the thing about this grant is like when you talk about it, when you say it out loud, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, but then you, you ask yourself why people haven't tried some of their approaches and it, it really baffles me. But um, my next question and, and probably mm, probably my last one, uh, I'll see if, uh, if I can pull another one off. But my next question was in terms of everything that's coming up, obviously, you know, we, we booked you out immediately after we did the first tournament with you guys. I was like, we'll come back when multiplayer is live. Um, so I know that that's something that we're excited about um, in our community. But for you as Grant, as you know, the CEO of Underblocks, or just as Grant, the person, the gamer, what are you most excited about over the next, you know, six to 12 months um, looking at either Underblocks or the space in general? I'll do both. I think from, I'll start with the space in general and then why Undead Blocks were so much different. Um, you're going to see a lot more games. I mean, I lots of deal flow coming in, lots millions of dollars being raised for some of these games and concepts. And what we're seeing is this is going to be an arms race, which is good for us. Competition is good. When you're an industry leader and you have an edge, it's very good to have competition. It's healthy. It keeps us on our toes. More competition is more ways to reach out to different communities, and eventually they will come to Undead Blocks because they say, you know, uh, think about it psychologically. If we bring in all these games and they raise all this money and all this marketing happens, as all these games come in, they say, well, what are the other play-to-earn games? What are the other Web3 games? And then you look at the top ones, okay? You see My Pet Hooligan, Shrapnel, Undead Blocks, Big Time, Blankos. But really, you got here because of, you know, Omar's Pizza Party. Like, I don't know. And that is where we can... Like we're going to leverage these other communities where they're going to be bringing in players. And then we want to not poach them, but like have them play our game as well. Most gamers don't just play one game. They, they have two, three, four, five. They circulate. Like I know Omar loves playing FIFA. I love playing uh, Madden. Like everybody's got their own thing, right? And so you're going to see a lot more games coming out in 2023. It's going to be like the gold rush. And there will be a mass scramble uh, to get users. And these Steam equivalents are going to be fighting with each other and throwing around serious money and marketing. That's really good for us because we have a game built. So what should you expect from Undead Blocks for the next 6 to 12 months? You're going to see multiplayer, wave-based survival. You're going to see mobile. Uh, within six to 12 months. And you're also going to see us continue to run these tournaments, uh, make them fun, make them fresh, more game modes, the blood boxes. Like for a weekend, we could say, all right, Pokestarter's sponsoring the blood box. And so people play, they could randomly earn money from the blood box. Instead of having a tournament that's skill-based, it's more of grind-based. Like the longer you play, the more chances you have to win money. Like something like that is really going to help us explode as well. So expect more partners, more game modes, more maps eventually pivoting towards the sequel undead mobile will be out as well and we're just going to build this franchise up you know there are no i'm seeing a lot of deal flow but i'm not seeing a lot of zombie games and i think that's because people have realized we have such a bulletproof system here like they don't want to build in our space like another fps shooter that's really fucking good for undead blocks because 
pretty much almost every FPS person has played Call of Duty Zombies at least once, and they can scratch that itch if they want to with our game. We obviously don't want anyone making more games that look like our game, and I haven't seen any, which is really good for us. But even something like The Walking Dead Empires with Gala, I mean, if people like playing a more adventure-style-based game and they say, well, I want to go into a zombie shooter... Boom, we'll be right there for them. Having a game, having a fun game gives us that ability to really leverage our platform. And that's how we're going to get to a million players. And once we get to a million players, all, all hell is going to break loose. See, this is why I said you're, you're one of my favorite speakers, Grant. I feel like you're one of the very few that understands um, that you're not really fighting for the same piece or the same slice and the same pie. It's like you got to look outside. Because right now, Web3 Gaming is so tiny. Uh, and there's no point calling you know big time and eve and, and whatever like they're not competitors because essentially you're you're all fighting for such a small pool of players but what you just described there which is like we want more people in we want more money and we want more and more players and because eventually they'll stumble across our game like i think that is the right approach to have in mind look at look at this space right now there's 250 people in here and i, I just while you were speaking did a brief scroll down photographic memory shit and i recognize like 40 or 50 of you you guys are here every single time coming out to these spaces, and I love you for that. We need to 20x that. Eventually, these spaces will be 5,000, 10,000 people when we have updates, community updates of games. We, are, we could not be earlier. It's, we are, I'm not competing with Meta Ops and EV.io or you know Earth from Another Sun, the Harvest game. We're all basically the first wave of the games that we're now... We're on the front lines. We're battling with the Web2 groups that are saying, eh, NFT gaming is stupid. Like, we are battling the Web2 people. We're not battling each other. Like, if you've played Undead Blocks, I can guarantee you've heard of Blankos. You've heard of Big Time. You've heard of EV. You've heard of Meta Ops. And that is where so many other groups get it wrong is they're just petrified of other competition but if you just have a fun game right now you you don't need to worry because it will take some time but i don't look at any of those games and say like we look at them and we say okay what are they doing what's working you know maybe something we could replicate for example meta ops took our exact wave-based survival game and tried to play our game which is fine i think they had 250 participants but, you know, their game wasn't ready. There was a lot of glitches. It wasn't really fun. And, you know, people are going to try different stuff. I'm sure at some point we'll probably copy something that My Pet Hooligan does or Blanco's does. Or, but what we do is we want to copy what CSGO does. We want to copy what Fortnite does. The interoperable IP, the loot coffin approach. The loot box. You know there are streamers that just open loot coffins or um, crates from CSGO and they get three, 4,000 people watching? They just watch. They want to see. It's like it gets their gambling itch off so they don't have to go gamble. Like that's the kind of audience we're going to have for some of these loot coffins where people are going to be going for the holy grail like voice line NFT. Stuff like that is you got to make it fun and fresh. You got to observe the Web2 people and see how they do it and do it better because we are going to generate revenue through free to play. We are going to have the ability to do these tournaments. If Fortnite did a free to play tournament, Every month and gave away a million dollars, the whole world would explode. You know, economies would shut down. People would just go on their computer and try to make, you know, first, let's say they did first place $200,000. <laughs> They'll never do it because they're greedy sons of bitches, but they could. They could, and they would basically make our models, you know, look tiny, but they're not going to because they have a board of directors. They have shareholders. They have, they're in it to make money. Web3 gaming is in it to provide experience and to empower players, and that's how we're going to win over the next decade. That's true, what I truly believe. I think that's that's the uh, you know for for Pedro listening in, um, he does all the content stuff for us. I think uh, that's that's the that's the winning piece. That's what you need to put out there as as kind of the episode summary. Um, Grant, it's been a pleasure as always. You know, we we talk almost daily, so none of this stuff is new to me. But I think it's it's just really important to kind of give people like you, um, you know, a pedestal, a podium, uh, a voice because we really need more grants in the world uh maybe you will end up having uh this concept or this model of, of uh, the leaderboard competitive play sponsor prize pool thing named after you in the future but we definitely need more people like you in the space so i thank you for that um I, I don't think you say we give you a lot of credit i don't think we give you enough credit but 
unfortunately it's the end of the episode so i do have to start wrapping things up before i do that though i'm, I'm gonna ask you for another favor but before i do that for everyone that's tuned in thank you so much for sticking around until the very end we do have 300 oats i think for the first 300 of you so whoever was actually in the space from the beginning or if you you know dropped off for whatever reason make sure that you check out that tweet that's pinned at the moment you could start claiming right after the space is over Grant, I need you to give me the outro for the episode. So uh, usually I'll, I'll wrap up and say, you know, if you missed this, check it out. It's going to be on Spotify. It's going to be on Apple Podcasts, yada, yada, yada. But you got a much better voice, uh, much more energy, uh, much more passion at the moment. So I'll let you kind of wrap things up for me. <laughs> I can't say I've ever been asked to do an outro before. But let's see. Let me let me give it a little uh, little thought here. All right, everyone. Thank you for joining tonight's space. Uh, really excited to have an awesome conversation with Pokestarter and Pokestarter Gaming. Do follow them on Twitter. Head into their Discord if you have any questions. And from our perspective at Undead Blocks, you can find us on Twitter. You can find myself, Grant underscore Wagyu. Uh, feel free to DM. My DMs are always open. And your feedback really does help us. We want you guys to play our game. Head over to Wagyu.io. Uh, download for free. It's no barrier to entry. All you need is an email and a password. You can start playing. You can also participate in our free-to-play and earn tournaments that are happening. Uh, we're going to have a huge Halloween bash for you guys to be able to hang out with your friends, have fun, and, and earn a little bit of uh, uh, money for your time. And with that, I'll, I'll turn it back to Omar. Thank you for having me, and, and this has been an awesome space. One second. How did, how did I do? How did I do? I need, I, need to say, I need to say the line. Um, is Bitcoin up today? <laughs> so Bitcoin up today. Let me uh, let me give you guys a couple other good ones. So if you guys aren't familiar with Undead Blocks, this is you know this might not make it to the Spotify podcast. Um, but we have some really funny voice lines, like uh, my like with SpongeBob, like you know how he says like me one millionth dollar. Like I think Eva is the one that's going to say like me one million Z buck, and it's just like we we love SpongeBob in the group. Like, we have the little guy, little, little, little. Like, he's going to do that if you go on, like, a heater and you don't get hit for, like, 15 minutes. Like, these different Easter egg voice lines. Uh, at some point, we will be in putting in, you shoot the moon. It's going to say, like, to the moon. Like, just stuff like that. Just to make it more fun. But, yeah, if you haven't played, check out the crypto voice lines. They're pretty funny. And who knows? There might even be a Pokestarter line in uh, multiplayer. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. Ooh. Ooh. That's a massive for you. <laughs> uh, thanks. Thanks for... Uh coming over grants and giving us uh, your time again yeah i mean I, you pretty much wrapped up the outro for me so all i have to say is guys if you missed out i think you, you missed out on a great episode so make sure that you listen in on the recording whether you're on twitter or definitely check it out on spotify apple Podcasts, wherever you love enjoying uh your podcast episodes and so with that grant uh, i'll wrap it up here thank you so much please keep doing what you're doing please don't lose that passion and that fire Every time I kind of make an intro or, or talk about you with anyone, I always say, yeah, he's got like that crack energy. Um, I hope that always remains where you just have all this hype. Bro, it, it ain't going anywhere. So much passion. This is now like AMA, like 200 at some point. And a lot of people ask me, like, do you do drugs? Like, do I do cocaine? <laughs> no, no, no. I drink milk in the morning. I start my, I, I grew up on a dairy farm outside of Buffalo, New York. It's a little town called Sanborn, which is where the first map is called. I do drink milk in the morning. Um, and that's really it. It's besides that is just, I love this shit. I love doing this stuff, talking to you guys. And if you guys have any questions, any questions or feedback, hit us up in our discord, hit me up personally on Twitter. I'll be able to, uh, to take it there there you go man you can tell you can definitely tell that you actually breathe this stuff it's not just like you know another another game another way to make money it's more so about like actually what you're trying to build here is, is really exciting so, if i wanted to you know, make money i would just play one-on-one -on -one against mustafa and rocket league <laughs> if that's all i, I think about, i would just play one-on-one -on -one in rocket league way. and go on my way that's the most sustainable way of making money in the crypto space at the moment. Just play against Mustafa in whatever game. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Thanks for joining. Thank you guys for tuning in and staying until the very end. And that will be the end of the space. Thanks, guys. <laughs>